This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey y'all, it's Crystal. And it's Samantha, and this is Serial Holic Sisters. True crime shit. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey. <laughs> so what's up? So for, <laughs> for all of our listeners who probably think that it's been a year since they've heard from us, <laughs> because it's definitely um it's been a it's been a crazy couple weeks for sure. We had midterms that delayed a an episode. We had um we had recorded this episode already and have to re-record it because this is our second time recording this episode, guys, because my computer is. is an asshole. <laughs> we keep having all these and for any techie people out there, every time that our computers like to do new updates, apparently they like to wipe our computer clean. So any anybody that's like, oh hey, all you have to do is this to like go back. Find your all stuff. you have to do is back it up, probably. <laughs> well, we, I mean, I do back mine up, and I still right. can't find it. So anybody so, yeah. that's found any like tips and tricks, then maybe they're, we don't keep doing. They're this. like just back it up and don't be stupid. So yeah, we recorded the whole episode. Um, it was on my computer. I was gonna edit it, put it out last Sunday, and go to edit it turn my computer on and it's updating and then when it's done 20 hours later I feel like everything was gone on my computer every single thing yeah. it was so frustrating and then we were totally gonna re-record like the very next day and then um I had a family emergency one of my children got hurt at the playground at school and ended up having to have surgery so he's good He's, he's doing good, but it's been a little bit of a, a crazy, it's been a rough week, crazy week. So we recorded this a week ago we're going to do the same case, Samantha's case. She's telling the case. I'm going to be honest and say, I don't remember a ton of it. <laughs> a lot's happened this past week, but, but I do remember it somewhat. So yeah, so this case, um, I do remember that it was crazy. I was gonna say this case, just huge trigger warning from the very beginning. It's a very disturbing and gruesome case. Yes, it's not fun at all. I remember, <laughs> I remember our... being very angry and being like, I don't like this, but <laughs> yes, none of the none of our cases are fun. I don't even know why I no, said that. <laughs> that's not a good word. Um, <laughs> but yes, trigger warning for all the things, all of the yeah, terrible, gruesome things. It's a very terrible case. In fact, this case was actually, um, my husband has been hounding me to do this case for a while and I just kept on putting it off and putting it off. And I didn't really like know the details of the case. I knew like the gist of it and like what happened, but not like down to the gritty. And, and when I was doing the case, like doing all the research on it, I was actually getting pissed off. <laughs> yeah. I had never so. actually heard it at all before before the last time I only heard I only heard about what it was um because of my husband because he had told me 
um, kind of what it was about and stuff, but I never like actually went and researched the case. And it's crazy because it's, it's actually not far from me. <laughs> that, so, that's why he um, knew about it. Yeah. He, he grew up in Kansas and I did not. So, um, this actually happened before I moved to Kansas, if that helps anybody, but, um, anyways, so we're just going to go ahead and, and get started. Um, this starts out with a whole lot of crazy, brutal information too. So again, trigger all, the tr- all the trigger warnings, guys, all the trigger warnings. Um, so this case is over, um, two brothers, uh, Reginald and John- Jonathan Carr. Uh, they were both from Dodge city and had just come to Wichita when they decided to do what was later called the Wichita massacre. Um, and another name for this particular case was the Wichita horror. Um, and it, it's just, I mean, the name itself tells you it's going to be just it's wrong. Truly a horror. Yes. It really is a horror. It's an awful, awful case. Um, so anyways, they both had pretty lengthy crime records already, like armed robbery, breaking and entering, things like that. Nothing um, horribly bad, I guess I could say. Just like but, petty crime stuff. But they were, yeah, they were, they were troublemakers. And they decided to just shake up the city in a way that was just super shocking, especially in this time. Um, so on December 8th, 2000, which now is 21 years ago. Shut your face right so now. hard to believe. <laughs> uh, I said, shut your face right now. <laughs> it is. It's so hard to believe. It's funny because like you can walk. I don't know if you've seen those memes where you're like walking in or videos or whatever you're walking into the liquor store and you hand them your your id and they they look at it and they hand it back real quick and and you're like well that was quick oh it said 19 i was like this is a very i was like this is a very long meme usually they're just pictures but you said videos um yeah what what freaks me out is when i go anywhere that has like a bar and see that it says 2020 on your i like the id age it would say like today, well, I don't know what today's date is, but say it was April 1st. It would say April 1st, 2020. If you're that age or older, you can buy beer. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I know. So when you go in there and not you're 2020, like, 2000, like, they look at it for a split second. Uh, what you don't need to ID me longer. Like you don't need to look at it longer. It said 19. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm fuck like, you, buddy. Fuck Thank you. you. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you very much. Fuck Thanks. You. <laughs> Thank you. Fuck you very much. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. (laughs) So on December 8th, 2000, the two arrived in Wichita and they started their week long, random, brutal crimes, crime spree. It's so crazy when y'all hear it. Like, I don't understand how they went from just like little robberies to what they did. Like, it's insane. Yes. And, And this is, it's awful. So they started with Andrew Schreiber. He was a 23 year old white man and he had stopped at a come-and-go convenience store in East Wichita. And Reginald and Jonathan both forced themselves into his car at gunpoint. And they made Mr. Schreiber drive to various ATM machines to withdraw money. Which it's crazy because um, you think about that now. And if somebody were to force you into, into your own car to go drive to different ATM machines... Um, there's like a limit that you can pull out today. Right. I feel like 
Malam it's like 800 a day or something like that I was gonna say it's not very and and they do this at banks for security reasons for this type of I mean that's good that makes I mean, it's sense. great. It's great now, but like at ATMs, then, if you want to go into the bank, you can withdraw however much money you want to. But like, if you're at an ATM, I think it's good that they have a limit like that for reasons like this. Yes. So instead, like they just kept making him go to ATM, basically wiping his bank account clean. And um, it's crazy because he, Andrew had said, uh, I was just hoping if I did what they say, they would let me live. Well, obviously he's alive because he's. I was like, if he, I was like, if he said that, then yes, they did. Yay. <laughs> yes. So he is alive. Um, the two ended up splitting up and one followed in another car as they made him drive to a field northeast of town where they pistol whipped him, dumped him out of the car and fled in the other vehicle after shooting out his tires. That's just so fucking rude. He lead. Yeah, so he couldn't leave. No, and he don't have any money now to get new tires because they just wiped him out. <laughs> fucking bitch ass bitches. Right? <laughs> but <laughs> Damn. But yeah, I mean, it sounds, I mean, that's pretty brutal. That's to pretty me. brutal, yeah. I think that's a pretty brutal thing. But that was nothing compared to what's going to happen later. So four yeah. days later, uh, the cars tried to hijack a 55-year-old woman named Linda uh, Wallentas. I really hope I'm saying it's all, it's always pronounced differently when you hear it, but Wallentas is what I had heard before. Um, anyway, she had an SUV. She sat in the driveway in her East Wichita home. Like she was in her own driveway. Okay. And the cars were looking for SUVs in which like they could drive people at gunpoint to ATMs because they thought that they could keep their victims out of sight in large vehicles as they drove through town. And that's why they wanted to scout out SUVs. Like they were already stealing some in the area. They could easily cower down (laughs) at gunpoint. Um, And I feel like they can get down in any car, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the brothers actually approached her um, asking for some kind of help. And she was super suspicious about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, she thought that the car had been following her because, like, followed her to her driveway. Yeah. And she barely rolled down her window just enough to hear what they were saying. And he stuck a gun sideways into the opening and shot at her several times mm-hmm. and actually hit her. Um, she freaked out, obviously, anybody would, and drove yeah. off. And she ended up driving herself to the hospital. I see you, girl. Yeah, she's 55 years old, too. Mm -hmm. Um, She drove herself to the hospital. She was shot several times. And she survived the shooting, but was paralyzed from the waist down. Mm. And she she was in the hospital when the police decided to come and question her for the investigation. And I'm so glad that they did. She was able to give a description of the men. Um, mm. but sadly she died of her wounds three weeks later Aww. on January 2nd. Yeah. Yeah. That's sad. It's good that she was able to give a description, but that's super sad. I know it, it is really sad. And can you I'm always so torn that? when I'm like, Oh, with the police, like questioning them, like in the hospital or something, which I know it's good because you want to get what you can while it's still fresh in their mind, but also how traumatizing, like is the whole I situation. Know, I feel- I feel the same way, but given the 
it, it's crazy all the things that like I understand why it's done because I was gonna say even learning some of the stuff um in my first year law enforcement class that I had been taking mm-hmm. um they go into detail kind of in in this sense too a lot of reasons that they question victims in it's it is traumatizing and it's one of those situations where it doesn't make it easy on the cop having to question either no i'm sure it's, any, it's, it's not easy on any, anybody it's a no terrible um, situation it, altogether <laughs> it is for that reason too um because when it is fresh in your mind you're able to give descriptions of people that you or or markings or tattoos right. or scars or anything that you can easily forget about even a day later right I mean I forget shit I forget this podcast that we recorded last week (laughs) (laughs) I forget my kids names all the time that's why I call them by all of them before do you know how many times I have called my daughter Samantha (laughs) (laughs) oh man I'm like that's not you my bad (laughs) so funny but but I mean I get it. it it's it sucks. And it also, I feel like a lot of times it really puts, um, like law enforcement officers or detectives or any, any sense in a really bad situation, especially if family is there and, oh, yeah. and they don't feel it's necessary. Right. But it's, it's one of those things they're doing their job. Yeah. So anywho, um, on December 14th, the brothers decided to push their crimes farther than they ever have before. So buckle up. This I is still, where it gets I still, I don't understand how you can just decide to do this. Just out of nowhere. It's just crazy. I don't okay. Know. I'm oh. buckling. I'm buckling. Hang on. Okay. <laughs> they broke into a house at Birchwood Drive in Wichita. Um, the house was completely random. They didn't pick it out of anything. Like they weren't stalking anybody. It was just any, meeny, miny, mo. Here we go. We're going like here. Any, anybody could have been in this house. Anybody. And, um, just terrifying it's crazy to think this because the original intent was to rob the place, but that's not where it went. So no. inside, um, the house that they ended up breaking into was Brad Hecka, Heather Mueller, Aaron Sander, Jason Beffert and his girlfriend identified as Holly G. Um, Jason was a local high school teacher. Brad was a director of finance from local financial company. Heather was a preschool teacher. Aaron was a financial analyst who was actually studying to become a priest, which is just awful. And then Holly was also a teacher. So, I'm going to give a little background on some of the stuff that happened. It, it It's crazy. <laughs> so yeah. Holly was actually going to spend the night at the home of her boyfriend, Jason. So this was um, at Jason's home? This is at Jason's. Well, he lived in a triplex condo with a couple of college friends. So it's actually a few of their Jason, yeah. Aaron's and Brad's home. Okay. And so Holly arrived with her pet schnauzer, Nikki, at around 8.30 that evening. And her boyfriend was actually not even home yet, but his two roommates, Aaron and Brad, were. So shortly after she arrived, Aaron's former girlfriend, Heather, had come by. They were all still friends. And at about 9, Holly decided she was going to go to her boyfriend's part of the home which was on the ground floor 
and into his bedroom to grade papers and watch some TV. Mm -hmm. So Jason came home from coaching a basketball practice about 15 minutes later. And it was around 10 when Holly decided she wanted to go to bed. So she was done grading papers, you know, normal, normal night, no problem. And Jason was about to join her in bed, but wanted to make sure all the lights in the house were turned off and the doors were locked, which is like a normal thing, right? I'm constantly doing that. Like I lock my door probably 12 times before I go to bed. I mean, you lock it once, but you check it 12 times, I would think, right? Or do you go around and like unlock it and lock it back 12 times? No, I do that. (laughs) I do 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 that. I just make sure it's working. It's cool. That's probably fine. OCD. It's no big deal. (laughs) It's probably fine. (laughs) But I I mean, I get it because I I go through my house and I lock my doors. I like check my windows. I and it's it's not because I'm like anything like this or anything. It's just something I've always done. My husband does that, like. he's super OCD about it and I've noticed that he's passed it on to our son so that's great so (laughs) I got my 12 year old going and checking all the locks like three times at night and making sure the alarm's on so (laughs) (laughs) I know I'm like I'll I'll constantly do it all and it's funny because um if I'm like super tired like extremely tired I'll be like hey Dallas did you go in and lock all the doors and he's like yeah and I'm like but did you? And I'll still he's get like, up. He's like, why do you even ask me? Just go check them. You know, you're going to. <laughs> he pretty much says that. I'm like, okay, I'll just get up anyways. So yeah. anywho, Aaron was sleeping on the couch in the living room while Heather slept on the second ground floor in the bedroom there. And Brad was in the room in the basement. Okay. And it was right after midnight that the porch light came back on. And Jason just so happened to still be awake. I guess he just couldn't sleep, which is, I mean, I get it. The porch light came on. Is it like a motion sensor? One of the motion. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's a motion. It was a motion motion porch light. One of those ones that just goes off whenever somebody's. Our house is surrounded by them. Yes. The freaking rabbits make them go off all the time. It's great. (laughs) Especially the one right next to my bedroom window. It's nice. (laughs) Yeah, no. <laughs> um, I will go ahead and and kind of give a not it's um a spoiler, I guess I should say. I mean, if anybody knows if anybody knows the case, then it's not a spoiler spoiler. Can't Is even that a, it right? Are you okay? Spoiler. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, but Holly does live, so I I will put that out there because I'm going to give some of the stuff that she states after the case because she will testify in court on this stuff so Holly when I'm telling you all all the stuff that's going on this is this is stuff that was described and um, interpreted by her Mm -hmm. so Holly stated that seconds later she heard voices and then shouting and then her boyfriend Jason crying out in shock as someone forced open the door to the bedroom and that's when holly saw a really tall man standing in the doorway Mm. this is also terrifying mm -hmm. like (laughs) i cannot imagine i know so that man was jonathan carr fuck you sorry (laughs) (laughs) what 
What'd you I, say? I said, fuck you, Jonathan. I don't like him. <laughs> I thought that's what you said. <laughs> Sorry, so I'm listening if- to the I'm looking, I'm listening to your case. Go on. <laughs> He's a bad man. So guys. He, Jonathan ripped the covers off the bed, and then minutes later, another tall man brought Aaron in from the living room at gunpoint and threw him onto the bed. Yes, fuck him also. <laughs> him also. Okay. Yeah. I'm done with my outburst. So Reginald shouted asking who else was in the house. And of course nobody's like gonna sit there like they're freaking out. What do you do, right? You, yeah, so, that's that's gotta be really like what would you do? Would you be like well, they didn't want to tell him anything. Exactly. Would you like there's nobody else here? And then them go but search the waving, house? Yeah. And I was gonna say they're waving their guns at them. So like, what do you do? Do you exactly just not that's tell terrifying them that they don't find them or do you tell them? So of course they were like, There's two more, you know. So they grabbed Heather um and Brad and brought both of them into Jason's room. So now they're all piled into this one bedroom. So they were all forced to take off their clothes. So this is already going in a complete opposite direction of like, this is not the cars robbing brothers. at all. This is not no, oh let's go not. rob this house. Like where Apparently, how did you I know, I know. Apparently they're just like, we're just gonna escalate this. Don't know why. Okay. I know, I know. You guys can't see this, but we're shaking our heads. Uh, yeah, we're just sitting here, we're staring at each other, shaking our heads, but you can't see it. So it's just awkward silence. And y'all are like, what's happening? Speak. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you? Okay. So um, they were then asked if they had any money. So they're still going by the quota, right? And of course, they're all like, take my money, take whatever you want. Right. I would say the same thing. Take it here. I have $5 to my name. Take it all. Please <laughs> so, take it all. Yes. But after they were saying, take my money, I, I mean, take everything you want. They didn't really seem interested in money now. So now they decided um, we're just going to kick it up a notch. So they made all the victims get into a bedroom closet. So now they're all sitting in this bedroom closet. And for the next hour, the Cars brothers brought them out to a hall with a wet bar, either singly or in pairs for sex. So the closet was maybe about 12 feet away from the wet bar area. So everybody that was still in the closet could hear everything. Everything. You're not even, you're not far enough away. So they could hear every cry for help. They could hear every awful incident, every That's every true. demand that they made to them. It was, and all they could do was sit there and wonder, when am I next? Because That's terrifying. So anytime that the brothers heard whispers or noises or anything, they would wave their guns and shout, shut the fuck up, just like mm-hmm. any awful human being would do. But right. Um, so they first brought out the two women, Holly and Heather, and I'm going to go into some nasty details and I'm really sorry for this, for all the listeners and for you, but, um, they made them have oral sex and penetrate each other. Then they forced Brad to have intercourse with Holly. 
then they made Jason have intercourse with Holly, but they ordered him to stop because they realized that was her boyfriend and they didn't want that happening. So instead they sent Jason back and they made Aaron have intercourse with Holly. Well, Aaron was the first one because I mean, he didn't want to do it. None of them, none of them wanted to do it, but he said he refused to do it and so they hit him on the back of the head with the pistol butt mm. and they sent Holly back to the closet and they brought out Heather and at one point Aaron actually wasn't even able to get an erection I mean how well, could obviously he? like how could you at that yeah and one of the cars brothers actually beat him with a golf club and they that told him help. that he had until yeah, right. <laughs> they told me he had until 11:54 to uh to get an erection and they counted down from 11:52 to 11:54. So basically they gave him 2 minutes. <sighs> and he couldn't do it, but they didn't further his punishment. Instead, they sent him back to the closet. Like this is the weirdest stupidest shit ever. I know. Well, then Jason was then forced to have intercourse with Heather and then Brad. And after they were done, they asked if the victims had ATM cards. So they were done forcing. They're like, them okay, to now I guess we'll rob you. Rape each other. Yeah. They were basically like, they were done forcing them to rape each other because that's what they were doing. Right. So um, by this time, This is when they decided that they were going to take the victims one at a time to the ATM machines, and they were going to do this in Jason's pickup truck. Um, So they they started off with Brad. So I'm guessing one of them stayed at the house and one of them went to the ATM. So Reginald Reginald would take them each to the ATM, okay? Mm -hmm. So he started with Brad, um, and when Reginald was gone... Jonathan decided he wanted to rape the girls. So he brought out Holly, raped her, and sent her back to the closet. And then when Reginald got back with Brad, he made Jason go with him. And this is this is actually kind of sad. So Holly mentioned that Brad was so quiet when he got back from the ATM machine trip or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Aaron, while they were sitting in the closet, Aaron had actually asked Brad if they should try to resist, assuming they were going to get killed anyways. But Brad didn't respond. Brad just didn't say anything. He kept quiet and just stared ahead. Oh. So nobody knows what happened when Brad was gone with Reginald. That's so sad. Or what was said that scared him. Right. I mean, they're all petrified already, right, but like right. what happened? So while Reginald was gone with Jason at the ATM, Jonathan then took Heather out and he raped her. So he's a... He's, mm-hmm. So after Reginald returned, Holly then decided she was going to volunteer and go next because she just couldn't endure another raping And, um, he let her put on a sweater, but nothing else. He said he, this makes me just want to vomit. He said he liked seeing her with no underwear and ordered her to drive the truck to the bank and told her not to look at him as he crouched in the backseat. As he crouched in the backseat. What the fuck is that? (laughs) You know, when you go to ATM machines, they have cameras. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, I mean, even assuming in 2000, they had a camera then. So clearly like they're going to, they're going to crouch down and, and point the gun at you. Right. And have you drive and get money out. So Holly asked him on their way and stuff, if he was going to hurt them. And he said, no. And she basically said, do you promise you're not going to kill us? And he said, yes, which is so sad that you even had to ask that. But so Holly got money and on the way back, Reginald actually told Holly that he wished they could have met under different circumstances and that she was cute. Yeah. And that she was cute and they probably would have hit it off. They um, absolutely would not have. No, no, (laughs) nobody will hit it off with you ever. You vomitous piece of shit you piece of fucking shit and then get this this is this just i cannot fathom this like he says all this right and then when they get back he raped her uh and there's no words you're gonna say this but then you're still gonna and then i guess jonathan wasn't he probably was all some twisted fucked up shit in his head he's like okay yeah like we could be a thing this this he is probably fine. thinks that she like because we had a moment in the car. Him, yeah. Yeah. Because she spoke to him, everything was cool and like she's she's good with this. That's not no, okay. Not no. at all. And then Jon- Jonathan was apparently not done with it either because he decided to rape them both one more time too. I like I said before, I don't understand how you go from I'm gonna break in and rob this house to just like all of this. Like I know, I know. So after they were finished with the sexual acts, the Cars brothers then ransacked the house looking for more valuables because, you know, that's what they do best, steal things. And they found, this is so sad, they found a coffee can that actually had an engagement ring and Jason was going to propose to Holly with. He um, actually kind of, you know, he's the one that said it to her. He said that was hers and he was going to ask her to marry him Friday the 22nd so like another week or so later he was going to propose to her that's so so sad it is sad it's extremely I forgot I put this part out of my head I had pushed it away and forgotten it and then you just told it to me again so um the cars then decided uh that things were not done being escalated I guess um being escalated. So <laughs> they were just going to keep escalating things a lot worse so they led the victims outside into the freezing night remember this is December right mm-hmm. so um it was around like 17 degrees outside and it That's was hard pass after, and it was after midnight so I mean middle technically morning I guess you you could say yeah um so there was snow on the ground and they they let the women wear a sweater or a sweatshirt but they were barefoot and naked from the waist down and the men had to march in the snow completely naked Jeez. so the cars they tried to force all the victims into the trunk of Aaron Sanders Honda Accord but realize, oh, hey, five because, people can sit in here. Because they're really smart and junk. I know. Because <laughs> math. <laughs> right. Um, so they made only the men get into the trunk. And then Reginald ordered Holly to join him in Jason's truck. And then Jonathan drove the Honda 
with the three men in the trunk and then Heather inside the car. So um, Holly did note that the time that she noticed when they got into the vehicle was like 2.07 in the morning. So it was like three hours since it all started. So three gruesome, disturbing, unsettling, just horrific hours that she's already endured Mm -hmm. with these, these men. Um, and then after it, she said it was a short drive. It wasn't very long. Both the vehicles had stopped in an empty field. And okay. for those that don't really know Kansas, that's pretty much it's all Kansas it is, is, is empty fields. <laughs> it's just a giant say, state of empty fields. <laughs> it is, it's, it's, the, it's a farming state. So, I mean, there's fields everywhere you go. <laughs> Every single where you look, fields even, as far as the eye can see. Like, even on the outskirts, like outskirts of Wichita, once you get past certain parts of Wichita or whatever, there's fields. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. Right. Um, but after a short drive, they, they stopped in an empty field. Reginald ordered Holly to go sit with Heather in Aaron's car. And then a moment later, she saw the men line up in front of the Honda. Mm. And then in her testimony and Holly's testimony, she actually said that she turned to Heather and said, they're going to shoot us. Oh gosh. Then the car brothers, they ordered both the girls out of the car and Heather stood next to Aaron, her former boyfriend. Mm. And then Holly stood next to her boyfriend, Jason. And the cars ordered them to turn away and kneel in the snow because they're fucking assholes. So they've got them like all lined up yeah execution style like oh okay she um holly actually said as i was kneeling a gunshot went off and she heard aaron she said she could distinguish aaron's voice uh she heard aaron say please no sir please and then the gun went off Mm. holly heard three shots before she was hit she said she felt the bullet hit the back of her head. It went kind of gray with white like stars. Yeah, I wasn't uh, not sure. <laughs> right? I wasn't knocked unconscious. I didn't fall forward. Then someone kicked me and I had fallen forward. I was playing dead. I didn't move. I didn't want them to shoot me again. That's so smart. Like, so can the- you imagine like not freaking out in pain if you're not dead that you just got shot in the head and just like laying still and pretending you're dead oh my god right oh i'm not even done with this This woman is such a badass i i mean she is such a badass Mm -hmm. when you hear the stuff that she did so as holly laid in the snow the cars drove off in jason's pickup truck they ran over the victims as they left so Holly actually said up. that she she felt the truck hit her body too. That's insane. So um, she she said I waited until I couldn't hear anymore. Then I turned my head and saw lights going. I looked at everyone. Everyone was face down. Jason was next to me. I rolled him over. There was blood squirting everywhere, so I took my sweater off and tied it around his head to try and stop it. He had blood coming out of his eyes. In the distance, Holly had actually saw Christmas lights. 
So this December. Is, yes, it's December. It's before Christmas. I will say this is really what truly saved her too. Um, if it would, if it hadn't have been that she saw them, then she probably wouldn't have made it. She was um, just like out in the middle of nowhere, had no idea where she was, just like in a field. Yeah, and had a gunshot wound to the head. <laughs> middle of nowhere, and and she saw these Christmas lights in the in the background, and she just thought to herself, she had to make it. Like she and had it's seventeen degrees, and she's naked now because she's taking her sweater off to try to stop naked, the bleeding. Thought, yeah shot ran over her like, like so she saw these christmas lights she was barefoot she was naked she had a bullet wound in the head but she managed to get her butt up and walk more than a mile in the freezing cold through the snow across a field and a construction site around a pond through brush <laughs> all until she reached this house house that had lights badass warrior badass fucking warrior she is a badass warrior so she pounds on the door right she's freaking out it's it's after two in the morning right not i'm sorry but being i would be freaking out if somebody's beating on my door after two in the morning yes i was gonna say i mean i i'd be i'd be petrified to answer the door especially being out in the middle of nowhere right right i mean you're in the clearly she was in the middle of nowhere she's in the middle of this field and she finds this one house so um she pounds on the door um rang the doorbell until finally a young married couple who had lived there woke up to her pleading help me help me help me we've Mm -hmm. all been shot three of my friends are dead at this point holly actually thought her boyfriend was still alive that's why she said three um i think she i think it was just kind of like a moment of shock and right. didn't want to didn't want to say her boyfriend i think she knew he was dead she right. just didn't want to she just didn't it. want right so um the couple wrapped her in blankets and they were reaching for the phone to to dial 911 this this actually gets me <laughs> so they were reaching for the phone but she wouldn't let them call them like she wouldn't, she wouldn't let them call 911. She said she was afraid she was going to die. And she wanted to tell them what happened so that they could hear it from her before she died. Cause she had a bullet wound. Cause she had a bullet wound. See, that's smart, but also there's two of them. So one of you I listen know. and one of you call 911. So that's, that's kind of what I was thinking. Especially if I, I think my boyfriend is still alive, but dying. So <laughs> I, I kind of thought the same thing. I was just like, I would have been like, yeah, no, I, I love that you're saying all this, but I'm still going to call 911. I'm just going to call 911 and then set the phone receiver up so they can hear you tell the story also, but also track the call and send someone. Now, I do understand though, because dispatchers do question a lot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They have, they have to. Um, so they're going to ask all these questions and they're not, she's not going to be able to keep answering them and tell what's going on. So I get, but at right. the same time, I still would have done that. Um, so she described also, there's the no telling what you what we I can't say what I would have done in that situation I have no idea you I would don't know I would have just been dead probably because who knows <laughs> you you it's, just don't know it's crazy so she described the attackers and what they did and as the couple listened um like they were just amazed at 
her courage, her determination, just everything. Like they were amazed that she walked a mile and right. all this happened. So um, only when she was sure that they knew her story did she actually let them call the police because she was still thinking she was going to die. Right, right, she right. She also asked them to call her mother and oh, tell God. her. I forgot I you told me that too. <laughs> this is so sad. So so she asked She asked the couple after they called 911, she said, um, can you call my mother and tell her I love her? And can you also call my boyfriend's parents? Oh my gosh, his parents. <laughs> so is, she was... Uh... Okay. They also said that she was super worried about the children that she teaches and kept wondering who's going to take care of the kids in her school. Oh my gosh. Like this woman is thinking of everybody but herself. She's just, just she's a badass. Bad just badass is the only word to describe her. She is. So when the police arrived, they questioned Holly briefly before the paramedics took her to the hospital. And <laughs> from her description, of uh, Jason's truck, they were able to get the license plate number from the vehicle's registration records and put nice. out an alert. Nice. Um, and as soon as dawn broke, like radio and television stations were broadcasting. <laughs> I was like, I was like who's dawn? But yes, <laughs> I got it after a second. <laughs> as soon as the sun started to come, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, who's dawn and why is he broke? Did they rob him too? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an idiot. Continue. <laughs> Holly did. Holly didn't know that after the cars shot her friends, that they actually drove back to the triplex. And the reason that we found out they drove back um, is because they loaded up Jason's truck with everything of value that they could find. Literally, mm. TVs, everything. But this is also where they committed their final killing. I forgot this part too. So I didn't forget it. I pushed guys, it out of my head. I know. So if you guys remember at the beginning of this case, I had stated that um, Holly had was going to stay the night with her boyfriend and she brought her pet schnauzer, Nikki. Well, apparently these just grimy little fuck faces <laughs> decided faces. um they were gonna shoot the dog too so what they the shot dog the dog when they went back and um the police actually found her dog lying in a pool of blood on a bed like why i have no clue I'm, no reason for it but they did it i i just hate them like, so much so much no i fucking, know. I fucking know. worst so by 7.30 in the morning, police had a report that the missing truck was outside a downtown apartment building. They just parked it right outside their apartment? Is that what you're right outside, like no big fucking deal. I um, just murdered all these people and stole their trucks. So let me just park my truck in front of my home. They didn't even try to fucking hide it. Yeah, so <laughs> they found the truck and, and it was reported that a man had been carrying a television set up to one of the apartments. Got my fancy new truck and my fancy new TV. Mm-hmm. So the police moved in to seal off the area. And two officers knocked on the door of the apartment. And after several minutes, a woman named Stephanie Donnelly opened the door. She was Reginald's girlfriend and shared her apartment with him. 
So this tool bag who has spent the whole night raping women and torturing and men women and men, um, yeah, I had a girlfriend that was just oblivious to, first off, if I'm in, at my apartment and my boyfriend isn't home at midnight or two in the morning, my motherfucking ass is going to be wondering where the fuck he is. Uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, where is you at? Well, like, why, why aren't you like, here? Yo, bruh, where are you yeah. at? Like, cl- clearly she knows he's a troublemaker. So there's no way that she didn't. I mean, she had to have known that he'd been in trouble for, like, robbing stuff before because he got arrested yeah. for it. The police actually caught Reginald trying to slip out the window. Oh, <laughs> so she was there to distract them while he tried to escape. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the police learned from, but she was quick to, like, give them all up too because the police learned from mrs like miss donnelly that reginald's brother jonathan was driving a late model plymouth fury shortly (laughs) after noon that day (laughs) she's just like okay the jig is up he was driving this car (laughs) like what yeah give him up she didn't give a fuck now so shortly after noon, they did find the car parked outside a house. Jonathan was there with his girlfriend, which his girlfriend was like new. I guess they'd only been together for like a few days. Oh. <laughs> so she yeah, was like, I uh, don't know Trump. him, but I know that that's not his car that he was driving. <laughs> right. She's like, I so don't want to be involved name- in any of this mess. <laughs> much. <laughs> Uh, her name was Tronda Green. He bolted when he saw the police. Oh, but, that's cool. But he was caught after a short chase, so it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, fewer than 12 hours after the murders, they were both in custody. Good. So that, that was good. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Wait for that. So they're both in custody. Well, this case actually had, like, a lot of media attention. Um, it was a big deal because they were trying both of them together so there was a lot of um appeals that happened I guess you could say and it was really it was a really big case because um they made it into like a a race case I guess I should say because both the both the men were African-American and they were making you know oh this is you're making it so much worse you're you're putting them together and it's because they're african-american like no they're guilty that's why (laughs) together because they both committed this crime together yeah so there was there was a it was a huge deal so um at this time there was various rulings about the kansas death penalty law and Mm -hmm. the decision for this case to be ruled as you know under the death penalty so in 2004 the kansas supreme court they overturned the state's death penalty law but the state attorney general appealed this ruling because like they were pushing the death penalty on them right um on july 25th 2014 the kansas supreme court announced it had overturned the car death sentence on appeal so they had um, been, or they, they went to trial and they were given the death penalty. Yes. So they okay. went to trial. They were given the death penalty. Because and then the law changed. Then the law changed. And then um, 
they announced that they had to overturn it and and so they were no longer facing the death penalty at the time so it was again this is huge case right so the high court actually upheld most of the convictions against each of the brothers um but it went through another appeal because they basically stated that the trial judge had failed to adequately separate the penalty proceedings for each of the defendants so they basically had to go through it all over again and that's so infuriating it because was just, it doesn't matter you know they're guilty like there's no question about that you do you know all of these horrible things they did and you're just putting you all the you victims do. families through all of this bullshit once again for no reason like it's infuriating a hundred percent a hundred percent so they did rule that the brothers were entitled to separate sentencing trials you're not um, entitled to anything because you're fucking piece I, of shit but okay right? that's kind of what i was thinking you're not entitled to shit you're guilty we all know you're guilty you dumbasses left a victim alive that was able to completely tell everything that you did and i'm so glad that they did because they're dumbasses mm -hmm. but um and even if the here's another thing though even if the death penalties were not upheld they were already serving like 70 to 80 years like you're never prison. getting it like it doesn't even matter this is all like that's without what, parole yeah they're not even eligible for parole like so, so i mean it's all for nothing just, like you're just wasting time and money and hurting the victims families putting them through this once again like it's all ridiculous so i the the whole i will say the whole um court proceedings did infuriate me a lot because like reading through everything and how many times they they overturned and how many times they reinstated the death sentence and how many times they like decided neither the jury instructions were like challenged to their legal counsel all of this stuff really did infuriate me because it they're guilty i mean just sentence them already it, to me personally they should be tortured themselves like <laughs> don't do them a favor and kill them make them rotten jail i'm good with that right like, right i understand that everybody's probably seeing it differently and they're like oh no give them the death penalty but it does i i feel like when you give monsters like that the death penalty you're giving them an easy you're giving way them out. an easy way out yeah mm -hmm. i so go back and forth with the death penalty because like sometimes i hear stuff that's so terrible i'm like yes they deserve that 100 percent. but then also i'm like but that's just an easy way out for them like they should sit there and fucking rot and be mm -hmm. miserable and it and there was a lot of criticism on the media and the reason for that is because all the victims were white and and the brothers were you know african-american so that's where the racial crime came into play and it was it was all I, see that's, that's there were so many different rulings it, it it's it's that's where that's another reason it's infuriating me because it doesn't matter every they're all humans they're all just people oh no <laughs> I 100% no agree. I know <laughs> trust me if you get me started on on the topic of race I could go for hours because I am the probably the most non-racist person out there and like, <laughs> we're, I, we're I all humans 
yeah i we all bleed red <laughs> period that's it it is we are all human beings i mean you should all be treated the same way so it shouldn't matter if if the victims are white and the um brothers were black guess what if if i was a white person and I killed another white person, or if I was a white person and I killed a black person, you, it, it's should be treated equally. You're a piece of shit. Yeah. You're just a fucking murdering piece of shit. You need to be punished in <laughs> the story. Exactly. exactly. So, um, it was, it was just a, a very, very long drawn out proceeding, but we can rest assured they're still in prison. <laughs> good there's that (laughs) good and that's where they're gonna they're gonna bitch ass bitches they're gonna rot in jail and i hope they do Mm -hmm. this one made me mad it did it did so that is the case of reginald and jonathan carr and the wichita um massacre so that's it terrible terrible pieces of shit so yeah Oh, yeah. you know what I forgot to mention at the beginning that I was going to mention? What? Uh, Patreon. Oh, hey, yeah. Hey, we did it the first time we recorded and then everything went away. And so our Patreon's up, y'all. <laughs> yeah, I totally forgot all about that. For those that, um, <laughs> for those that don't follow some of our social media, some people probably don't have social media, which is great. <laughs> but I wish I didn't um, have social media. <laughs> I know. But we have it out there. It is on our Facebook group, um, our Instagram, and you can find the link to our Patreon on our website, serialholicsisters.com. Yeah, it's just Patreon. Patreon.com slash Serialholic Sisters. And it's awesome. And you'll get cool extra stuff if you want to join. Uh, we're going to do extra bonus episodes for patreons only only yeah and that only you'll be able to hear um from our patreon so all those listeners will get access to a monthly episode that is special just for you just special just for you because because we heart you and i would like to give a shout out to our very first seraholic patreon because we heart her uh shannon you're the best you the bomb girl hey thanks shannon hey shannon <laughs> she's like oh my god stop stop saying my name she's like i immediately regret this decision <laughs> yeah so yeah follow all of her stuff we are working on our um like merch but oh <laughs> i was like what are we working on <laughs> what we're, am i supposed to be we're, doing <laughs> we're, we're working on our merch but we do want some input. So there for all of our Patreons um, or patrons, I don't know why I keep saying that. All of pa- our patrons. Pa- Patreonites? I don't know. Patreonites? <laughs> Patreonisms? I don't know. Anyways, all, I don't know. All you, all you people, <laughs> all you cool, all you cool cats and kittens. Oh, I was like, don't say it. <laughs> all you cool cats and kittens. We, cats, we have a cool poll um yeah we want to know what kind of merch you want to see so we we're designing some stuff that we'd like to see what you'd be willing to purchase so. like what you want so we got some options like vote and, and let Tell us me know what you want what you really really want no <laughs> no okay <laughs> not the time we'll have okay. our spice girl karaoke 
meeting after this. <laughs> well, that's it. That's about it. So yeah, I think follow I, us, I, subscribe. I think you're already awkward, so no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm born to be awkward. <laughs> Girl, I was born awkward, bitch. <laughs> I'm going to take that out. Okay. No. <laughs> okay, let's be awkward. All right. Bye. Okay, bye.